All right, welcome in, everybody, as we continue our post-debate coverage here on In Focus, Fox59.com, CBS4Indy.com, bringing you analysis of what we just saw here, the first debate between the candidates for U.S. Senate here in Indiana. I'm joined by former state lawmaker Mike Murphy, Rima Shahid, the executive director with Women for Change Indiana. Adam Wren is a contributing editor at Politico and Indianapolis Monthly and author of The Importantville uh, Newsletter. And Matt Smith, my colleague at Fox 59 and CBS 4. Matt, we certainly saw the gloves come off tonight. We did a lot to talk about. They covered a lot, still a lot to cover, I'm assuming, in the, in the second debate. This was really the first time we heard from Joe Donnelly post his no vote on uh, Kavanaugh. He really hasn't taken any questions since then. We saw Mike Braun come out after that. I guess let's just open it up to general thoughts on overall performance. Adam, we'll start with you. Yeah, I was struck by Donnelly's uh, willingness to go after Braun um, and punch back. That's something that we haven't seen him do uh, on a personal level yet. So it was very fascinating to see. Uh, Ron Klain, uh, the advi advisor to Joe Biden as vice president, um, and, and Bill Clinton, um, he says that nine out of 10 times in 2018, the person who wins the debate is the person who looked like they're having most fun. And it seems like, you know, Donnelly was having, having some fun tonight, was kind of a happy warrior. Rima, obviously the events of this past week with uh, now Justice Kavanaugh being confirmed to the Supreme Court really uh, were front and center in this debate. Um, obviously, you're, you're with group Women for Change Indiana. How much of a driving issue are you hearing this will be uh, here in Indiana with voters? How much will that galvanize or mobilize voters in this campaign? And, and, and your thoughts on that topic in this debate tonight? Yeah, <clears throat> I think that um, I was really thankful. Our members really organized and they moved quickly. We made over 600 calls, emails and letters to Senator Donnelly and very thankful that he did vote no. So I think that is something that we continue to watch and um, are thankful for the Senator's vote. How much of an issue could that remain to be for voters, do you think? Uh, perhaps on both sides, Mike, and, and how about the way the candidates handled that here tonight? Well, I, I think that it's an unfortunate vote, frankly, for Senator Donnelly. Um, and I think it was fascinating to see him take credit for so many of President Trump's accomplishments over the past uh, two years or so. I thought that um, Braun did a poor job of, of helping promote himself and Trump together. Instead, he just kept saying, if you want more of the same, well, right now, more of the same is pretty darn good. And I'm not a big Trump fan, but we're at 3.7% unemployment. Um, we're in pretty good shape. We're starting to get good shape with North Korea. Um, new trade agreements just in the last two weeks with Mexico and uh, Canada. And so I, I thought that, that Braun should have done more about connecting himself to Trump and Trump's successes, and he would support Trump in those successes. And he didn't do it. He let uh, Donnelly take credit for a lot of things. One of the things, and to that point, one of the things that I thought Donnelly did that was interesting is that he actually used Trump's and Pence's re-election slogan for 2020, which is promises made, promises kept. And so in a lot of ways, he's sort of aligning himself, I think, with, um, with you know, his incumbency and, and the record that, uh, that you just spoke to, Mike. What about, um, obviously, some of the other topics that came up in this debate? We were waiting to hear a lot about health care. Uh, we were waiting to uh, hear uh, more about uh, trade wars. Didn't get as, as much into tariffs, perhaps, yeah. as, as you might have thought. Uh, there was a lot of talk about uh, abortion and three candidates who all called themselves uh, pro-life candidates in this debate tonight. As far as the two gentlemen, I think that it's a women's issue and women should be able to choose how, what they do to their bodies and how I'm 
it's, it's high time we're in 2018, and I think it's unfortunate that we continue to police women on how they choose and what they choose to do their own bodies. I, I don't agree with, with any of the three on that. I think I'm, I'm pro-choice. How about, how about the way the candidates handled that? Well, I uh, think, first of all... Joe Donnelly actually uh, mentioned Richard Murdoch. And yeah, what happened and, and Joe Donnelly, and I don't doubt anybody's sincerity on their position, but the fact is, Donnelly came out and said he was pro-life, and right away, Braun was able to say, wait a minute, I'm the guy here that's endorsed by Indiana Right to Life and National Right to Life. So he was able to shut down Donnelly quickly on what Donnelly thought was going to be one of his better points. Uh, I want to circle back to Kavanaugh for a, a second and, and the contrast we heard from Donnelly and, and Braun. If you missed some of their comments, we're going to replay those. The question was asked about the vote and, and moving forward. Let's take a listen. I think first up is Senator Donnelly on this. Not, it's not right. Not quite. It's we're going right. to hear what they had Fake to say uh, uh, on that uh, Let's expand on that a yeah. little bit, though. Uh, we talked a little bit about this. I, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, in, in four weeks, our voters are going to be thinking about Justice Kavanaugh when they go to the polls and, and the decision that Joe Donnelly made on that. Uh, my sense, Matt, is that this is going to this vote is going to mean much more to Donnelly's base than it will mean to Braun's base. I think you know four weeks is a, is a political eternity. I don't <laughs> right. think that uh, they'll remember this vote in the final calculation. There's a lot that could happen in the next four weeks. But Donnelly was in a place before the vote where he was sideways with his base. They were upset with him about Gorsuch. They were upset with him about some of the other stances that he took. And I think this really helped solidify his base. And I think Republicans may forget about this, especially you know, moderate, more moderate-leaning Republicans, people who are on the bubble, will not be thinking about Kavanaugh. Well, to that, Mike, uh, Mike Brown was here uh, last week and talking about this Kavanaugh effect. He told us here in our interview that what they've seen in terms of grassroots mobilization among Republicans somewhat exploded in the days after Donnelly said he was going to vote no. Does that sustain? I think it does. Um, we know that the news cycle moves so fast now. Uh, Trump creates a new crisis virtually every day, a public relations crisis or a policy crisis, that's going to continue over the next uh, couple of weeks. But the fact is that, that the average American, um, who is a conservative, quite frankly, saw not just the desperation of the left, but the willingness of the left to break through police lines, to tear at the doors of the United States Supreme Court, to tear at the very foundation of American government. And then you have to ask yourself a question when you go to vote on November 6th. Is that the group I want running in our government? Most people would say, I don't think so. It's also an issue that seems to affect uh, a lot of people in a very personal way, what we have seen, in a way that perhaps goes way beyond uh, typical politics. I respectfully disagree. I think that we have the right to petition the government. We have the right to protest. We have the right to be heard. I don't necessarily agree um, with how some people are were protesting, but I do know as well that uh, there was times when Justice Kavanaugh, if he was a woman, we would be talking about how his hysteria and his meltdowns and his tantrums and his temperament, but we're not talking about all of that. And I, I've seen women that have been attacked for their temperament in ways that we're not holding men to the same accord. Yeah, but the we, protesters, I, I guess I have to disagree with the disagreement. The, the, pro, <laughs> the, the protesters... Now we got a real debate going on. They have a right to protest, absolutely. Yeah. And there were men and women. But there were 300 anti-Kavanaugh protesters arrested one day and zero pro-Kavanaugh. So you can, you can protest, but do it with civility and respect for law enforcement. To see how some of those Capitol Police were harassed 
on the steps of the Capitol, I thought was was unbelievable and, uh, and unforgivable. I think we ha have the sound okay. on all three candidates, and Lucy Brenton talked about this as well, so let's listen. I, I think it's here. Let's watch. Here it is. I voted there against Judge Kavanaugh because of concerns about his impartiality and concerns about his judicial temperament. But I voted for Justice Neil Gorsuch, President Trump's pick, because on the test I have, which is about judicial temperament, when you had a judge with his qualifications, there was no doubt that he is not going to legislate from the bench. He's not going to do the things that courts have done for a long time. Very well qualified. But I think what you could, should have gotten from the recent uh, spectacle there is that the Democrats, including Joe Donnelly, will do or say anything when it comes to their political interests. I think as a female, it's important that I stand up here and stand for women, that we should believe, be believed when we come forward. Um, but just because we're women doesn't mean that we are automatically telling the truth. What's your reaction uh, to, to, to Lucy Brenton there on that particular statement, but also over uh, the course of the debate? What impact could she have for voters who, who looked at Braun and Donnelly? She's polling at 6%. Will she go up? Will she go down after tonight's debate? Well, first of all, I was impressed with her. She's done much better this year than she did in previous years, quite frankly. And she's articulate and she's very credible. I just wish she would join a party in which she could be effective, either the Republican or the Democrat Party. So she's at 6% and she goes to 8%. She still loses. There were some answers um, at times that seemed to contradict herself. And that's how you just heard. She said, we need to believe women, but not all women are telling the truth. It's hard for women to come forward. Yeah. It's not easy. Women, it is not easy for women to come forward. These are very painful stories. And when we dismiss women, when, we, when our FBI investigation is so short, that is really holding women back because we are in a time where we can really make progress. And, and it's unfortunate that women are not able to do so and we're not listening to them and they're not being heard. Did you find Lucy Brenton's uh, answer there or on uh, any other topics to... You know, at times um, I was, uh, f I found her uh, compelling. I found her um, answers to be succinct and thoughtful. At other times, um, you know, talking about things like industrial hemp, uh, I was a little um, confused as to whether voters were really uh, passionately awaiting to hear uh, policy changes about hemp. Broadly speaking, and this answer might vary for each candidate, I mean, who are they speaking tonight? Who do, who do they need to speak to in these four weeks to cross the finish line? I thought Donnelly most of the time was speaking to, uh, you know, suburban mothers in places like Hamilton County. Um, and Terre Haute. Like, yeah. Terre Haute. Yes. 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 Terre Haute. God, yeah. Terre Haute votes for him. Yeah. 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 Terre Haute, of course, is the nation's most accurate bellwether in presidential <laughs> uh, elections. Right. Yeah. But if you actually look at the Senate race, um, you know, they voted for their favorite son, um, uh, by in 2016, right. and um, they got a couple of other Senate races uh, wrong as well. But there are t 22 counties across Indiana out of 92 that voted for both Donnelly in 2012 and then Trump in 2016, and Vigo is one of them. So it'll be interesting to see how they vote. Rima, who do you think the candidates were speaking to tonight? Who do they need to speak to? I think candidates need to speak to all Hoosiers. Um, I saw a recent study that said that Indiana has the second lowest voter turnout in the nation. Right. We all need to get out yeah. and vote. I think candidates need to speak to Hoosiers. They need to stop spending a majority of their time talking about who they're not. 
right. and bickering back and forth, and we need to change those numbers as far as the second lowest voter turnout in the nation and Hoosiers need to get out November 6th. Registration deadline tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. registration yeah. deadline yep. tomorrow. I, I wish Braun would have spoken more to the people who are benefiting from this, this renaissance, this surge, economic surge, whatever you want to call it, and say, if you want more good things to happen, put someone in who's a big supporter of Trump. And again, I've been very critical of Trump, but I think that, um, that Braun could have done that. I think he let Braun, or uh, Donnelly, steal a little bit of his thunder and credit. Uh, are you surprised how that hasn't taken off for him, so to speak? I mean, you look at Sunday's front page of the Star, and, and it was talking about the tax cuts and not Judge Kavanaugh. Are you surprised Braun hasn't capitalized on that more, or is he trying to? Is it not? Is it not resonating? Well, I don't know who's advising him or what they're saying to him, so I, I can't yeah. jump in that. But I will tell you that there have been some significant Republicans who thought that he was going too far, Trump, with some of his television commercials, mm -hmm. and that he needed to come back a little bit and speak to the Hamilton County women or the, the you know the professionals who are benefiting from this economy, and and he he didn't do that. He he may have pulled back maybe a little bit too much tonight, but I don't know what kind of advice he was yeah. getting. Hey, shocking news, uh, guys! Both candidates, uh, Donnelly and Braun, have sent out their rapid release uh, press releases already tonight, <laughs> claiming. claiming victory. Uh. Eight oh one from Joe for Indiana. Donnelly wins first Senate debate, and at eight oh four, the Braun campaign sending out a, a press release saying Mike Braun wins. First Senate debate. Uh, real quick, uh, some of the statements there from the Donnelly campaign. Joe Donnelly won tonight's debate by proving that he has kept his promises to Indiana over the past six years, as you mentioned, kind of taking that keeping promises line. Mike Braun's uh, campaign saying tonight Hoosiers saw a clear contrast between career politician Joe Donnelly and job creator Mike Braun. Career politician, a phrase, Adam, that you had on your important Bill bingo, bingo card right. tonight that we'll be showing That's here right. on screen very soon. That's right. We didn't get bingo. We got close. Actually, so. I'm just told that Lucy Brenton mentioned the wall in her oh, opening statement. So you did get oh. bingo. So After we do all. have a bingo. Yeah, we do have a bingo. Look at that. And by the way, you seen um, it here first, folks. by the way, if you read the Importantville newsletter this morning, I scooped both candidates that they would both announce. That they would be doing this? Well, well played, sir. Well played. Uh, I, that's why I you got to subscribe. Scoop, so yeah. That's right. Yeah. As we listen to the 60 Minutes, did anything surprise any of you from, from responses tonight? Absolutely. I was fascinated by the fact that Braun did not use the NRSC-endorsed, Trump-endorsed nickname for Joe Donnelly, Sleepin' Joe. That was on we your bingo not, card as we well. We did not hear yeah. that tonight. We didn't even hear Mexico Joe. Uh, yet if you looked at the rapid response from Republicans um, in your inbox as the debate progressed, yeah. uh, they, they used both of those. Um, and so that was fascinating to me. And I think that gets to Mike points, Mike's point about Braun backing away a little bit from, from Trump. From that Trump yeah. attitude, perhaps. Uh, anything surprise you tonight, Rumi? I was just very excited um, about Senator Donnelly and how he really talked about the issues. We saw Mike Braun attacking Senator Donnelly. I felt that Lucy Brenton, well, it was very important to have a woman's voice on there, and I'm very excited to have a woman running. She flip-flopped a couple times on issues, but I was excited to actually learn about facts and numbers. And they did get into the issues yes, a bit they did. Um, Anything surprise you, Mike? Well, I was surprised that Lucy did as well as she did, quite frankly. And she didn't say this directly, but, but, but uh, implied, and I think she's right, that, that Joe and Mike Braun come from uh, similar backgrounds in the sense that uh, neither of their parties, Republicans or Democrats, have solved two of the major issues facing Americans, and that is immigration and health care. 
Both parties have claimed to be leaders on this for the past 12 to 16 yeah. years. We still have a horrible immigration issue, no matter which side you come down on. And um, nobody talked about the small businessmen and women in the state who, despite the fact they're doing better and they're employing all kinds of people, they still struggle with affording uh, health insurance for their employees. And I just think there was a big, a big mix-up on their part. Uh, certainly big interesting timing uh, to this debate as this debate was happening yeah. tonight. Um, we, we've talked so much about the, the Kavanaugh question and the impact on this race. As this debate took place, uh, President Trump held his uh, ceremonial uh, swearing in for Justice Brett Kavanaugh. We do have a bit of that uh, to play for you here as well from uh, moments ago at the White House. On behalf of our nation, I want to apologize to Brett and the entire Kavanaugh family for the terrible pain and suffering you have been forced to endure. Those who step forward to serve our country deserve a fair and dignified evaluation. All right, so there's the President uh, moments ago. And uh, Rima, I want to ask you about, uh, not just in the context of the Senate debate, uh, the Senate candidates in Kavanaugh, but the President and, and, and Kavanaugh. And, and earlier today, even referring to Dr. Blasey Ford's um, uh, accusations as a hoax, what effect might that have on voters, the, the president's comments about this situation between now and election day. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that he continues to dismiss her. It's unfortunate how, as a nation, we are really coming down on this woman. And women are scared. Women are scared about losing their rights. Women are scared about losing their freedoms. And women, like I said, they're very afraid to come forward and reclaim their truth and tell their truth because it continues to be a man's world, and it's, it's not easy. I think one of the really unfortunate things about President Trump, and it's a fatal flaw which he's never going to change, is it's impossible for the president to be a gracious winner. He won. He won big on Saturday. That's going to be a win for the Republicans for the next 30 years, and he still cannot let this go, just like he cannot let go Hillary Clinton, who's as obsolete as you could possibly be for a politician. He just cannot be a gracious winner. I don't understand why somebody can't get that through his head. Yeah, and he's made, he's remade the courts. He gets to a point now, Kavanaugh's replacement in the D.C. Circuit, yep. and he's really remade them for yeah. the next three generations. And there's not a lot Democrats can do. They have to have 67 votes in the Senate to, to, um, to, to take out Kavanaugh. So it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, I saw some accounts that Justice Kavanaugh was personally thanking some individual lawmakers when he spoke tonight for their yes vote on his confirmation. Do we see President Trump here in the coming weeks for Mike Braun specifically campaigning against Donnelly on this? I think so, absolutely. I'm surprised, frankly, frankly that he hasn't been back yet. Since, yeah, uh, I we're talking about that yeah. today. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. seems as if uh, you, we'll be seeing him, you would think. Uh, well, there's both the election, two right? surrogates coming in this Friday, yeah. right? Mike Pence will be Biden here on Friday. And, and they'll be full of red meat for all yeah. the media folks, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, Trump is going after Murkowski, and he's going to need her vote on some issue in the next six, eight weeks, <laughs> right. 12 weeks. Yeah. And she's going to remember that he wouldn't let her off the mat. Well, I think to your point, I don't think that President Trump is not only a, not a gracious winner, he's just not gracious. And anyway, you know, we at Women for Change, we really talk about civility and that's at the heart of what we do. And there's been a loss of civility overall in our state government and our federal government. 
This debate tonight, um, in terms of civility, uh, what, what were your overall thoughts on the way the candidates handled each other in that regard? You know, I thought it was a difficult format for the candidates, a 30-second closing statement. I thought for the most part they were genteel, they were, they were kind. When they did correct each other, they, they did it rather politely. Um, so my sense is that, you know, civility, surprisingly, and what's been a really hotly contested Senate debate, uh, was, was more or less there tonight on display. All right, we also have uh, more here from the candidates on uh, some of the changes they'd like to see in Washington. Maybe. I think. Here it comes. We I'm fed up with business as usual in D.C. Running for the Senate should be something that you do where you bring something to the table. And career politicians say one thing and do another. You're going to hear that they want to build a wall, not me. I want to build bridges. There are three things that our country needs right now. First, we need to protect individual human rights so that we can pursue happiness on our own terms without government interference as long as you don't hurt anybody else. Second, we need to protect individual economic liberty so that you have the right to earn a living without the government regulating and taxing you to death. And third, we need to leave this world a better place for our kids. Polluters must be stopped. I've been with President Trump 62% of the time. That's what we're supposed to do. I don't think it's about party. So there you go, there are the candidates. And yes, you heard the evidence right there, Adam, that Lucy Brenton did in fact say something about building the wall, the wall right. which yep. fills out your bingo card That's right, tonight. yeah. yeah. There go. So we got bipartisan, <laughs> we got the wall, we got the free space, we got opioids, and Braun praised Trump. So. Uh, I'm assuming big picture, no one changed anyone's minds here this evening, or oh, did they? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. There are a lot of undecided voters and voters who could change their mind if you look at the latest Fox poll. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of voters uh, outside of this insidery uh, group of people here are just now uh, turning into this, uh, tuning into us. this debate right. for the first time. So it could be interesting to see how the polls change. You don't think minds were changed? I like that technical term. Insidery. Insidery. Yeah. Insidery. Yeah. That's a ter term of art. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm uh, really touched that I'm on the insidery now. <laughs> I'm excited. This is the first debate. We have a couple more to go. Um, insidery, we may not have changed our mind, but I think that Hoosiers really deserve a chance to understand our candidates and where they stand on issues. Anybody's mind changed well, tonight out there? I, I think, think there's still a lot of undecideds, and yeah. the race is so close that you can make change around the fringes in emotion, and, and, and that could and, make a, big, and that difference. Could make a right. big difference. So I think um, I don't think anybody terribly hurt themselves tonight by any means, yeah. or no major mistakes which made. Which is the goal, right? Which right. is the goal. <laughs> yeah, First, absolutely. do no harm, and yeah. I don't think anybody did any harm to themselves. And Adam, you mentioned that Fox News poll. I think we have that here. If we could take a look, uh, Donnelly ahead by two points in that latest poll from Fox News. 43-41, Lucy Brenton has six there, six percent. And over here at the touch screen, um, you'll over. see, oh, yeah, come yeah, on over, come Matt. On over. Uh, we'll see that this is actually uh, a change from the most recent uh, Fox News poll from back in December where uh, Joe Donnelly had 43 percent, but Mike Braun's numbers actually uh, went down uh, from that most recent previous uh, Fox News poll. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting to watch. Clearly within margin of errors here, but Lucy Brenton going from, from three to six. Some polls have her at, at eight. Who she may take some votes from or who those votes go to, I, I think, could be critical. When Mike Brown was here last week, he made a pitch. He basically said, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm like Lucy Brenton. You know, and I joked with him at the end. I said, you're going for his votes. He's like, maybe. You know, like well, that clearly yeah, that there, there's a percentage there. You guys number. talked about the undecideds, but yeah, also that could here. take him over the top, right. you know, right? Who knows? And we also talked about uh, Kavanaugh, and we talked about this on in Focus yeah. this week as yep. well. 
and, and how will Donnelly be affected by this? There are, uh, of course, some other Democrats, vulnerable red state Democrats up for re-election, like Heidi Heitkamp from North Dakota, who also voted against Kavanaugh. This question on the Fox News poll was, uh, would a vote uh, against Kavanaugh change the way you view this Senate Democrat? Right. Uh, in North Dakota, only 17% of voters said that would make them more likely to vote for Heidi Heitkamp. 34% said it less likely. Here, here in Indiana, 30-32, about even on that question right. for Joe Donnelly. So perhaps here in Indiana, that's not as big of a factor. And it was interesting to hear Heidi Heitkamp on 60 Minutes uh, on Sunday say basically that, yeah, politically speaking, I should have voted yes, but I'm not going to do what is politically easy. And I think Senator Donnelly, when asked that question, once he faces that, will probably likely answer in a similar manner. Yeah. What do you guys think as we walk it back over here to, uh, to our panel uh, on that particular uh, question on the Supreme Court? Um, you know, how much is this going to affect uh, Joe Donnelly? Those numbers suggest that just about as many people on either side, uh, it affects them somewhat. You know, I do think ultimately Donnelly's vote against um, Kavanaugh is going to help him more than it will help Braun. Because you think so? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think midterms are about um, activating your base. And I think that four weeks from now, it's going to be tougher for uh, Braun to activate his base based on um, Donnelly's no vote than it is for Donnelly to sh kind of have shored up his base four weeks before the election. Do you agree? I couldn't agree more. I, that's what we've seen with our membership, and uh, I think that they're activated, they're ready, and they're very thankful for his vote. But I know you think that the right is also. I think the right is also, yeah. um, and I won't just say the right, I'll say the right of center to the right is also highly motivated by the Kavanaugh vote. But the Kavanaugh vote brings emotion. What brings Donnelly defeat is his vote against tax cuts, because that cuts across the board. Women, Republicans, Democrats, pro-lifers, pro-choicers, People still we haven't heard nearly as much I, about yeah, that see, lately, I, though. I, have they ultimately vote for their with yeah. their their pocketbook. Yeah. Quite frankly, yeah, the tax cut is um, unpopular. We haven't seen um, Republicans, for the most part, do any advertising around that here in Indiana against Donnelly's vote. Um, you know, for months we said that was going to be the deciding election. The Indi Indianapolis started a great piece um, yesterday, looking at how that played out and that that common sense that that, that, that the uh, tax cut was going to be great for Republicans. Just we just haven't seen it in Indiana. Hmm. Well, we forgot while we were over at the touchscreen, Adam, to show your bingo card. The real, we still have that. The actual, the reason we were over there. Yeah. I don't know. We, we want to fill this out, right? Absolutely. Do they have it? Uh, we can touch the bingo card. Yeah, we there we go. Over there, we can all. all right. Yeah, we can all come on over. Okay. So we had. Uh, does this work? We had the wall. Yep. Okay. Oh man, the touch, the touch like. part doesn't work. Okay. There. But we had, we had it right here, right? The wall. We'll yep. just kind of circle it like yeah, this. Yeah. So we had bipartisan. We had the wall. Technology. You get your free Importantville space. Uh, you've got opioids, and you've got Braun praising Trump. Um, so, uh, you know, we saw a lot of career politician uh, from Braun, and we saw a lot of talk about Kavanaugh, uh, pre-existing condition, deductibles. Um, we didn't have any talk about solutions. There was talk about opioids, of course. So, bingo. Uh, yeah, bingo. How'd you how'd you come up with this list? Um, through you know, darts? Yeah, through darts. Yeah, no, I spent a lot of time going back, looking at interviews I've done with candidates, yeah. looking at statements that they've sent out, 
Um, and it was pretty easy. A lot of them have catchphrases. Um, you know, my, my only regret is there is uh, there are a lot of spaces that I will add for Lucy Brenton ahead of the third debate. Right. Um, Austin him. Powers. Um, yeah, Austin Powers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was fascinating to I love to Lucy. I love Lucy. Lucy. I love Lucy. Lucy has to be on there. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also, as we mentioned before, Terre Haute needs to be. I think so. Yeah. My, my question is, is there any significance to the fact that the bingo card was in Purdue colors? Ooh, oh, you, that's a good question. question. For a Northwestern question. I'll have to ask my designer, uh, Chris Davidson. There you go. Well, it was a great idea, for sure. Real quick, a final thought yeah. uh, for tonight. Yep. Yeah. I think we're just getting started. Yeah. I mean, I think Adam is right. People are just now starting yeah. to pay attention. People should pay attention to these debates and forget all the TV commercials. Rima, yeah. final thought? I, I do think I think we're getting started. I really hope that Hoosiers turn out at the polls this year. And speaking about opioids, Women for Change has an event. October um, 12th and 13th is Friday and Saturday. We'll be talking about opioids and, and other issues, so you can check check that out. All right, there you go. Hi. Democrats were looking for a Murdoch moment tonight from Braun, and they didn't get it. So he uh, is net neutral, I think, from this debate. All right, we'll see what happens Great. from here, right? Mm, 29 days to go? Count Sounds about right. Think, Sounds yeah, about right. Yeah, yeah. 29 yeah, days yeah. till the midterm elections. Plus or minus. And we'll have uh, team coverage right here. Fox 59, CBS 4 Indy in focus with yep. our partners at the Indy Star as well. We'll see you coming up Sunday in focus and more reaction to tonight's debate coming up tonight on Fox 59 News at 10 and CBS 4 News at 11. There you go. Good night, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks.